Buenos dias, Gardeners Bay. This is the Rorschach Venezuelan update for the 24th of June. We will let you know what's happening in Venezuela for the week, every single week. Late at night, on Monday the 21st of June, Nicolas Maduro announced plans to reform the Venezuelan judicial system. For this, he will appoint a commission chaired by his wife, Celia Flores, the vice president of the Socialist Party, Diosdado Cabello, and Lourdes Suarez Anderson, president of the Constitutional Chamber of the Supreme Court of Justice. Immediately after Maduro announced the commission, Diosdado Cabello reported that in two months he would fix the overcrowding in Venezuela's prisons, a problem in the country for years. Monday, the 14th of June, the Attorney General of the Republic, Tarek William Saab, delivered the fourth report to the International Criminal Court. In these reports, Saab provides updates on the alleged human rights violations in the country. The Maduro government authorities have complained of unequal and discriminatory treatment by the ICC, and according to Saab, they have, quote, continued to provide information without knowing what the parameters of action of said entity are in this case, a question which has been repeatedly claimed, unquote. ICC Chief Prosecutor Fatou Bensouda completed her term on Tuesday, the 15th of June. Given the uncertainty about a resolution regarding the Venezuela case, she reported in her farewell letter that she had reached a final determination on the preliminary examination of Venezuela. However, this determination could not be published because on the 27th of May, the Maduro government introduced a judicial control measure preventing the prosecutor's announcement. Despite this, Bensuda believes that the decision will be announced shortly. It is estimated that the pronouncement will be made after December 2021, since the new prosecutor, Karim Khan, must learn about the case. On Thursday, the 17th of June, the Office of Foreign Assets Control in the United States issued three licenses to Venezuela that allow it to carry out transactions and activities related to COVID-19. As a result, the exemptions and exceptions in the humanitarian area are being expanded to allow transactions and activities related to the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of the virus. That same day, the U.S. mission at the United Nations issued a statement committing to deliver $407 million in humanitarian aid to residents of Venezuela, Venezuelan migrants, and the countries that host them. In more international news regarding Venezuela, on Friday, the 18th of June, Turkey and Venezuela strengthened their cooperation in a meeting between Pedro Calzadilla, president of the Venezuelan National Electoral Council, and Sevki Mutavelyolu, Turkish ambassador to Venezuela. At this meeting, they agreed that Turkey will send an accompanying delegation for the electoral process that will take place on November 21st in Venezuela. This comes after the last elections in Venezuela were questioned for not having the proper international accompaniment to guarantee their transparency. On Saturday, the 19th of June, Maduro officially greeted the ultra-conservative cleric and head of the judiciary, Ebrahim Raisi, 
who won the presidential elections in Iran on Friday the 18th. The Venezuelan government assured that Raisi has the unconditional support of President Nicolas Maduro Moros and the Bolivarian Revolution to further deepen relations between the two countries and thus face the battles for social justice, dignity, and sovereignty. The United States government reported on Monday the 21st of June that it will donate 14 million doses of COVID vaccines to Latin America through the COVAX program. However, Venezuela does not appear on the list of countries that will receive donations, despite the fact that up to this date, less than 10% of its population has received the vaccine. Also, on Monday the 21st of June, at the Hotel Alba Caracas in the capital, dozens of people over 60 years of age were waiting to receive the second dose of the Sputnik vaccine, but they were informed that day that the doses had not yet arrived. Those who came expecting their second dose were told to return after the 19th of July, although after receiving the first dose, they were given a certificate with an appointment for their second shot. The hotel site reported that they only had Sinopharm, a vaccine that is only being given to those under 60 years of age. This situation occurred in different cities throughout the country, and in some, as in the case of Merida, protests developed demanding the second dose of the vaccine. The Embassy of Spain in Venezuela announced that the vaccines authorized by the World Health Organization were required to enter the country. This includes Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Janssen, Sinopharm, and Sinovac. After the announcement, many Venezuelans reported that the name Vericel, instead of Sinopharm, was written on their vaccine card. The Spanish embassy responded that the name Vericel refers to the vaccine technology and is not the name of the vaccine. Therefore, it is not accepted as valid to travel as a tourist to Spain or any other country in the European Union. In addition to this, on Friday, the 18th of June, the National Aeronautical Institute announced that this week, international commercial flights have been suspended for 30 more days, except for connections with Russia, Turkey, the Dominican Republic, Mexico, Bolivia, and Panama. Meanwhile, domestic flights are only allowed for tourist destinations in the center and east of the country, such as Los Roques, Canaima, and Margarita from Caracas, Maracaibo, and Valencia, the main cities of Venezuela. In good news for migrants, UNHCR congratulated the government of Ecuador for the regularization measures that it will adopt for Venezuelan migrants. The measures had been announced in April, but they are beginning to be carried out during the month of June. And in news within Venezuela, the state of Barinas, in the west of the country, 411 Bitcoin miners were seized, despite the fact that countries like El Salvador have legalized the use of cryptocurrencies. In Venezuela, their mining is still illegal for the citizens and is reserved only for government entities. The NGO Fundaredes denounced that the forests of Saman are being deforested in the state of Apure on the border with Colombia. Saman is an indigenous tree of the area 
whose wood is highly valued and is now deforested with a dual purpose. The first would be to commercialize the wood and use the money to finance the irregular groups of the FARC. The second purpose is to create a land where irregular groups can build their bases and operate from Venezuelan territory. So far, it has been estimated that 200 trees have been cut down, causing irreparable damage to the environment. And in a fun highlight of the week, Venezuelan Ronald Acuna Jr., an outfielder for the Atlanta Braves in the MLB, hit his 100th home run on Sunday the 20th of June in a game against the St. Louis Cardinals in Truist Park. With this achievement, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the sixth fastest player to hit 100 home runs in the MLB. Congratulations, Ronald. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We want to know about what you love about living in Venezuela and what drives you crazy about it and other Venezuela-related stuff you'd like us to know about or want to know more about. You can write us a review on your preferred podcast platform or send an email to podcast at Rorschach, R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. Thank you.